the Page Avenue Crew Podcast. My name's Adam. I'm Dan. Josh. I'm Ryan. And I'm Aaron. Hey. Aaron. <laughs> we have an Aaron. Aaron. We have a guy named Aaron. Was that right? Did I do it right? <laughs> yes, that was beautiful. You just broke Nailed through the it. whole concept of an intro and said, fuck you. My name's Aaron. I'm on this podcast. Oh, right, right, yes. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. This is my friend, my old friend, Aaron Stern. I was in a band called Drugs with this dude. This dude was in a band called Matchbook Romance. He shreds drums. Mm-hmm. We're great friends. Mm-hmm. So stoked to have you here, dude. Now he's in Story of the Year. We have two drummers. Yay! <laughs> right. You guys need you guys need two drummers, actually. It's, it's needed these days. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> if we're going to have all these Wills fills everywhere, then we're going to have to get a stern burn. Hey, come on down. Yeah, come on, can I, come on down. Can I get a drum kit with a, with a skateboard on it? Probably. You can. You could get four times the house in St. Louis as it would cost living up by New York. It's true. You know? it's true. Yeah. New York City. In New York. I'm getting a bass with rollerblades on it, so. That's legit. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's legit. Actually, uh, we're looking for a new bass player, too, so... <laughs> All I can do is hit drums. So... You, can you slap it a bass, Aaron Stern? Not even close, right, Scully? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was, I was saying before we started recording that this dude looks like the exact same. You look like you have not aged one minute, and he said he's been <laughs> riding a Peloton, lifting weights... Mm-hmm. Thank you, you look baby. good, Thank man. You, baby. He's got like a 20-minute skin regimen in the middle of the night or before he goes to bed or whatever. It's a charcoal mask exclusively imported from Italy. Uh, yeah, the Peloton, man, keeping me young. My kids keeping me on my toes. Man, that's cool. You know that's like, right? Yeah. Kids, kids make you keep you in shape. Yep. We got those. We got those things. Yep. So you do the Peloton and then you take the charcoal mask, but you moisten it. With your wife's breast milk, and since she just keep, keeps cracking out kids, <laughs> the breasts are always ready to be milked. That's it. It's got stem cells in it. That's the secret, and for, for all you out there, that's right, exactly. Always, always milky. He said the breasts. Rub that milky stem cell breast milk on your eyelids before bedtime, and that's why, that's why the way I am right now, right? That's why you, this crisp look. Put a little cucumber on each. Have you ever, ha- have you ever tasted it? I, I did that haven't. once. I haven't. I've had like it was weird. Like my oh. uncle was like, my uncle asked me it once too. Oh. Like, so you ever you ever drink breast milk? It's good. You drank your uncle's breast milk? <laughs> well, only once. <laughs> only once. It was really quick, and like I, I wasn't planning to tell anybody, but I did. No, he, yeah. my uncle was like, you, "Have you ever tried it?" You know, I was like, "No, it's like, really sweet." And I'm like, "Why do you have to say it like that? It's kind of like Rosie. You just like, said it. Oh. Put it in your coffee." Uncle Stern, <laughs> dude, we are turning we're turning a corner in this podcast. We don't. We're not talking about dicks. That's true. We're talking about breasts. This is the first time we're talking about boobs instead of dicks. Female yes. boobs. So you got to be sensitive. You got. I'm. I'm assuming you have a very male audience, so we got to you know bring in the females a little bit, right? Which want to hear about breast milk in addition to yeah. That. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what chicks yeah. want, right? Yeah, breast milk talk. Your uncle's breast yeah. milk. Hey, I call it titty milk though. So. <laughs> hey, I looked at the analytics on our our podcast platform the other day. Guess guess what the fucking guess what the distribution is. Male to female. 97% male. You're not far off, dude. <laughs> it's 88. Holy shit. 88. That's Real? why we're here today talking about my skin regimen, and that's why I'm here yeah. to sell my yes. new product, Breast Milk Charcoal uh, Fury by Aaron Stern. It's also a yes. hand cream for drummers. He sells it through goop. It's good for calluses. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You remember uh, we used to be so... Ad, I think it was just Adam and I. We were really upset that we had so many female fans because we wanted to be Pantera so bad. <laughs> yeah, you, you know? guys were upset. Adam, we did it. We yeah, did it. We really turned that corner, didn't yeah, we? Thanks, yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. God oh, damn that's it. good stuff. We got a bunch of old dude fans now. Yeah. Our pledge music campaign was the same thing. It was like overwhelmingly male, like 90% male or some shit. 
Yeah. I was really tired of staring at like hot chicks that came to our show. I was like, man, <laughs> yeah, it gets really old. Yeah, it's so different out here. <laughs> yeah. We need more dick in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> I was tired of looking at big boobs on the barricades. Yeah. Some more, more dicks. Man, if only that chick had a beard and she was a lot stronger, that'd be cool. <laughs> I just wanted to sign more shafts, you know? <laughs> Enough of these yeah. titties. Dude, we have for sure at one point signed a dick before. Somebody yeah, I, for, yeah. I remember sure. signing balls. I signed a dude's balls before. I don't know about an actual dick, though. Yeah, he mm. fully, fully bat-winged it out yeah. to sign. And then did the brains the one time. There's been multiple balls uh, exit signings. Yeah. You know what's weird? Hey, we're talking about dicks, though. Yep, we, t- we got right back to dicks. Never, I know, never they're fit. so tight. This is totally random, but we're, we're talking about like signing dicks back in the day. Like an hour ago, my kid was watching Scooby-Doo 2, and I was walking by Alicia Silverstone's in it. And you guys remember when we stayed at that house in Lake Havasu with her? You guys remember yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was yeah. just going to say that she, I remember seeing her on Warped Tour. She was with the, the dude from Stun. She was yeah. the yeah. singer from Stun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. gave him her eyes, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Give me your eyes. Super random, but I was like, I w- walked by and I, and I saw her and I was like, oh shit, I, that's just like so random. We wound up staying in a house with her. Mm-hmm. She passed me the vegan mayo. I remember that. It was it was like <laughs> you, you, were, you were in yeah. a line of catering. And everyone's like, dude, oh my God, it's Alicia Silverstone. She's so hot. I wonder what a titty milk tastes like. <laughs> God. Yeah, that was 2000. 2003 Warp Tour, I believe, right? Matchbook yeah. Romance was there, and and the Sodies. That was when we first met. Yeah, it was uh, officially Warp Tour 2003, and I specifically remember Ryan flipping onto the stage, and I was like, "What the fuck is this? You guys are fucking amazing." <laughs> I don't remember meeting you because you were a dick. Well, because you were big time in me for the first time you, you met us. Scott. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I, was, like, I, I couldn't get your I couldn't get your attention. Came through the signing line and everything. You just blew him off. <laughs> I was I was like, man, he's way better than me. I can't talk to him. That's cool. <laughs> I can't have that interaction. He plays two rack toms. Fuck that bitch. Dang. <laughs> that is what he said. It's true. You are dude. a fucking murderer on the drums, dude. Oh, dude, it's so un- good. Mm-hmm. Adam and I uh, did a, that film project, and we came out and stayed with you. And afterwards, while editing it, editing your part, we had some footage you filmed from, I guess, like a YouTube channel or something. You were just like, launched, we, Adam and I would just sit and geek out and just watch these fucking YouTube videos that you play in the drums, dude. Unfucking believable. You're you. so good. Thank you, man. Uh, you know, yeah. it was, we were lucky to do what we did. I was lucky to, uh, you know, get out on the road and, and play shows and do the whole fucking thing. And fortunately, I'm not doing that anymore, but, uh, you know, I still love to play. And no one is. Yeah, nobody's <laughs> yeah, playing no right is. now. <laughs> you chose a different, a better path where you actually make some money. So it's good, good, good job, good plan. I'm trying to get the best of both worlds. Yeah, you're also Before one of those drummers. You have like a good drum face. You know what I'm saying? Some people kind of like you. You just have a fucking good drum face, dude. I just like believe that you love to play, and you're just like, ah, oh, it makes me want to play yeah. drums, man. Yeah, you look more happy than like me. I just look. I, I'm in pain the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you look like, like no. You just look like the, the man, Will. <laughs> You just look like the man. Just fucking do this. No, you you look like somebody stabbing your ear, and you're trying to hear it. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's because there's usually a cramp on my right side. <laughs> that mixed with the face that Jack Black's making in Tropic Thunder when they won't give him his heroin, and he's like, "Oh, I fucking hate movies." <laughs> that's you behind the drums. Uh, that's yeah. good. That. <laughs> so Stern, what what what's what's life for you these days? Let's catch everyone up. You know what I'm saying? Hey man, what's yeah, been popping? What's, uh, what's popping? Life, life is great, man. I, so I got this home in in New York, 
working the job full time. I work at uh, RCA Records in digital marketing. Nice. Uh, I got a, a whole list of, of artists that that are on my roster um, on the pop rock, uh, pop and rock side, um, and yeah, just doing a lot of you know campaigns for for all the different artists that we work for. Um, right now, it's Foo Fighters, Kings of Leon. Uh, just wrapped up a campaign for Miley Cyrus. So it's a lot, man. Oh, that's it? So it's like a lot of what I... That's it. That's just a handful. <laughs> Josh, Josh ain't impressed. That ain't shit. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, a lot that I learned while on the road and, and being in a band, like I'm, I'm able to apply now and, and uh, you know, kind of leverage my creativity in a different way um, and still be involved in music. So it's it's fucking awesome, man. I'm, I'm thrilled to, to still, you know, while not playing and touring and... Um, and you know, being behind the kit, it's still great to to be able to you know be part of the, um, you know, the operation for other artists, other great artists rather, and and work with some really really fo- cool folks. Hey man, do you need do you, do you need like another band for your roster? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of one. One that one that you could put on like a Foo Fighters tour. I mean, oh, man, who could, I mean, who could that be? Who could that be? Who mean, could that be? Stern? We could think of one. I bet. That's cool. I, I didn't know that that's what you were doing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. I never heard – if I heard it, I forgot, so forgive me. But h- how did you wind up doing that? Like, walk yeah. us through that. So so let's think back to, like, six or seven years ago. I was, like, you know, I was still touring, grabbing gigs here and there. Um, I was I was on tour with uh, – playing drums for that English rapper. His name's Itch. Yeah, um, I remember that. Through that gig, gig that I got through John Feldman, and then – I was just starting to eye, like, I, I realized that, like, there was no way I was going to be able to continue to, you know, stay on the road and, like, make money, and, and like, it was just getting too hard. So I started doing, uh, you know, online school, trying to get my degree, got my degree. Um, and then in the middle of that tour with Itch, I met, ended up meeting somebody who uh, hired me to their management company part-time while I was also out uh, tour managing and playing drums for her artists. So I was kind of doing a little bit of both. Uh, they introed me uh, with some folks over at um, at Red, which was a, a Sony-owned uh, label, and I started doing some work for hire, just like digital stuff, like socials and like kind of random things, content shoots, etc. Um, you know, just made my way really um, for for like a finance gig because they couldn't hire me full time. Uh, I was just kind of doing work for hire stuff, so they're like, "Well, we can't hire you full time, but are you interested in doing finance?" And I was like. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? I did tour management. I, you know, I, I was able to keep the books on 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 that stuff. So, so then I, I ended up getting a, an interview uh, with Columbia Records, RCA Records, and two positions at RCA. And then, uh, you know, I got the the digital one and, and uh, didn't look back. Sweet. Damn. And that's been how long you've been in this role? It's been like six years. So I, I went in an entry level position um, at RCA doing uh, as a coordinator doing. Um, you know, really just all the, the, the handiwork, all the busy work, worked my way up to now leading, you know, a handful of different artists on the digital side. Dude, that's Dude. dope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with COVID, are you going, are you working from home? Are you like going to an office still? Like what, what's your day to day like no, right now? No, no, no. The office has been shut down since like last March. It's been like a year. So, um, it's great. Honestly, I'm one of those people who kind of lucked out at this point. Yeah, Got a yeah. house, uh, you know. Got a nice little spot down here in the basement. Got my setup, my my platinum blacks and all that shit. Just hanging out, no big deal. <laughs> Going to do my Zoom calls. No biggie. No biggie. People, it's like a it's like a low key flex. Um, <laughs> but yeah, w- wake up, <laughs> wake up, get the kids all dressed and ready. Um, send them off to daycare and just get to work really, and then work late. I, I literally just wrapped up like twenty minutes ago. Oh wow. Yeah. Damn. Dude, that's tight. For yeah. for whatever reason. 
my fucking brain wasn't working when I was asking you what time was good. I was thinking like, okay, so he like probably gets on the train and then like gets back to where his car's parked. And then like, <laughs> no, I just, I didn't even think about the fact that no label is in their fucking house right now or is in their office right now. Everybody's doing what yeah. you're doing, right? Every single label, no, I would assume. Pretty much. Yeah. Shut down. Everyone's working from home. So pre COVID were you, I mean, that train ride into the city is like an hour, right? It was an hour train ride plus 30 minutes on like the subway or walking. So like an hour and a half. Both yeah, ways. yeah. So you did that. So it was like three hours of commuting. Hell yeah. Every day. Yeah, but I didn't mind it. That's, in, that's intense. Yeah, the trade ride's nice though just to like, you know, chill, catch up on podcasts, meditate, whatever you got to yeah. do, you know. Dude, I think about that so much because we live in a city that has no mass transit that's worth a fuck at all. And we're such a sprawled out suburban city. So if you have to commute, like my wife was commuting what, you know, with no traffic is 25 minutes to a half hour. So upwards of like an hour just driving on this one main highway that goes around the whole city. And that shit will take fucking years off your life, dude. But to me, the idea of just sitting in a train and getting an hour of just like time to do exactly what you're talking about. Just think about shit. Do whatever on your phone. Yeah. Fucking write whatever. That seems like pretty manageable. Well, I think what it like when I used to work out in like Chesterfield, which was like, I don't know, 30 minutes away, 40 sometimes, it gives you like a chance to decompress before you get home. It did for me. It's like you, you don't like, it's not like five minutes later you're home and you're still holding all that whatever happened at work that day in. You can scream at the cars, scream at all the cars on the way home instead of your wife. Well, it's like, it's like you gives you a chance to like just kind of like, Shake the day off before you like interact with your family. Could you imagine Scoob's Scoob screaming at his wife? Now nah, I just come home. I just come home and beat people because I live so close to my job. Yeah, yeah. There was a nice like break from the abuse when he had to drive, but yeah. here we are, COVID, uh, black eyes all the time. Well, domestic abuse is real funny, guys. Yeah, good joke, cool joke. Here it's we go not, again, though. appealing to that female audience again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I would love to. I would love to hear. Um, Adam, you and Stern, your collective thoughts on drugs, because for people listening, don't know. Are you jumping right into it? Uh, yeah, dude, just because. Okay, We're just talking for about people. domestic abuse, so we Ryan, might as well you must switch have it not up. had the dare class in middle in elementary <laughs> school. Drugs are bad. Just to give some people okay. like some some perspective on, you know, we were getting ready to take a hiatus. Um, things were we were kind of in a rough spot for story of the year, and we were just like all really kind of beat down. Then Adam, you guys were getting ready to take a hiatus. Yeah. And then Adam joined this band that like, I thought really thought could be like my chemical romance, big, you know, fucking stern on drums, like a monster. Adam, such a good looking dude. Uh, Craig Owens. It was kind of like a stern's great at drums. Adam's like good looking, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) As 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 soon as I said that, I was just like, Oh, why did I say that? But you've got like talent and like at least, you know, average looks. Well, like the, the record Feldman did it, Matt good, like all these dudes from all these different bands came together. And I know you guys, I didn't know Craig Owens at all. I just remember seeing you guys for the first time. And I was like, Oh, all these people really seem to love Craig Owens. Um, Long story short, I, I really thought you guys would be fucking huge, like bigger than Story of the Year ever was, like my chem big, like arena big. I really thought that at the beginning. Um, and I was just curious if you guys had any of those same feelings as I did from the outside looking in. 
That was certainly the hope, I think, right, Adam? Wasn't that what we were trying to go for? Yeah, and everybody involved, management, the label and everything, were all saying that. They kept referencing Panic at the Disco because we were signed by Pete Wentz's label, who had signed Panic at the Disco and had a you know Cobra Starship and had success before. And they kept saying the run-up to the record release felt just like it did when they were about to drop the Panic album. So we were all over the fucking moon about it. Yeah. We had crush management on. We had, you know, Andrew Simon was our, was our, our agent. We had, like, the all-star team, everyone rooting for us. And, like, not only that, we then put together the all-star fucking band, which was capped off with my man right here. And... With his good looks, yeah. It was just, <laughs> yeah, we got, we were, we were headlining the AP tour out, out, the, out the box, and it was like, holy shit, like, you know, I was coming off of, you know, Matchbook having been like kind of done and, and having that sort of period in my life where I had like three or four months to reflect and be like, fuck, why did we stop? That was great. We had it awesome. We had tons of fans. It's not so easy to just go do that again. And then we got this, this shot and then it was and we had the all star team and we were ready to go. And we got this record and we got Feldman and we got the band and then it all went to shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then it wasn't. A lot of shit went down that we for sure can't talk about on this podcast, but it really was lined up. Like everything was about to happen. I mean, there was like lotion applied to stomach and shit. I mean, it's just kind of <laughs> Adam's good looks really got in the way of your guys' success. Yeah. It, was, it turned out <laughs> it really to, went to his head. It was, it was me <laughs> for, for all of us. It was definitely stern. Like you said, like another shot. It was the, for you, for me, Matt good, for sure. Like we had, our kind of breakout success with our bands. And then we were on the back side of the hill. And then this was like another chance to have similar or maybe way bigger success with Nick Martin. He was still, he was like on the steady come up and drugs was just a stop on the way to where he is now with sleeping with sirens and shit. But nonetheless, it was, it was a huge opportunity for all of us. And we were so stoked and it wasn't like a fucking pipe dream either. It was like we said, it was about to fucking happen. And then it didn't. <laughs> a lot of it did. A lot of it did, to be honest. Like, we, we, had, a, we had a crazy year and a half. Yeah. Got to do Australia with Story of the Year, which was awesome. You're welcome. Have you ever heard of that? As one does. It, was, it wasn't our tour, but, you know, you're welcome anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that record still is fucking amazing. I love that record. I, if, if, of all the, the albums I've made, I go back and listen to that one record. Like, uh, yeah, that record sounds awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's so it good, dude. Holds up. Remember, yeah, I, would up. Sing, I would sing one of those songs with you guys every night. Yeah, uh, I guess in Australia, or maybe it was whenever I came out and just rode with you guys for two weeks for some reason that one time. Remember, I just I didn't just come and call you Phil the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So like every night I would go up. That's what <laughs> I was gonna say. I'd go up and sing the guest vocal part, and I would be like the song went in. And we're all like, yeah, fuck yeah, and he'd be like, yeah, give it up for Phil from Story of the Year. And I remember looking over <laughs> at so- all of you guys, and we're all looking at each other like, did he just call? Did he just say Phil? And and the, we all joked about it. Then the next night, same fucking thing. And he said the exact same thing again. And we're all like, "Holy shit!" So then, like every night, we'd all wait for it. And he he said it for like a week straight. And then he tried to play it off. I told and I told him too. And I told him that the, after he did the first time, I'm like, "Yo, that's Dan." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then he tried to play it off. He's like, "Yeah, I was just like, I was just joking. I just thought it was funny." I was like, "Yeah, okay, cool, good time." Yeah, Dan, I remember you riding. What you just wanted to go hang out. You just went on tour with Adam with drugs. Yeah, they they were on Warp Tour. Drugs was on Warp Tour, and we were like just off, like not yeah. doing anything for yeah. that couple months. And uh, yeah, they came through St. Louis, and I was like, I'm just gonna ride with you. And I left <laughs> and like rode for two weeks because we didn't have shit else to do. We were always yeah. touring and shit. So yeah, you yeah, didn't yeah. even have a plane ticket. 
or anything. You were no, just like, fuck it, I, here I go. I got a plane ticket like a week later to fly home from LA. What's amazing though is Dan's wife, Jenny, was like, talked to me, I guess, while we were in town. And she's like, or maybe it was before that even was like, Dan should come hang out with you or something. Like, I think, <laughs> I think it would make him really happy. Like she, she knew how bummed you were to be on hiatus, not be touring. And I just thought it was so awesome that she wanted you to just go hang. Yep. She's like, you should just go. I was like, okay. And you did. We fucking raged. You know what that yep. kind of reminds me of? You remember when Josh Head from Emory, we rented his bus and he was our bus driver. <laughs> yeah. And then after the tour, he just stayed at Dan's house. <laughs> oh yeah. He parked the bus in front of my house and just lived here for like two weeks. Just hung out with a big ass bus parked in front of my house. <laughs> yeah. I remember it's like, how long is he going to stay here? You were just, dude, I have no idea. I have no idea. He's just, <laughs> we went to the bar every night and shit. <laughs> he was just a St. Louis resident for a little while. That's so funny. It's dude. like once you, once you've been on tour and then, it, and then it, like, like, and you're just used to doing that year and you're out and then it, it just kind of goes away and you're like, oh shit. And like, even just the opportunity to hop yeah. into a bus, like you got, a, you, you got a bunk, mm-hmm. you got a spare bunk, you got a couch. I'll fucking sleep anywhere. I want to get out there. Yep. Do my it's thing. like second nature. It wasn't weird. And I didn't really know you guys that well yet at that point. You know, I was just like. Adam, coming with you. Okay, cool. And I was like, who's this dick rolling up on our... <laughs> who's this fucking asshole? Oh, here we go again. Warped Tour 2003. <laughs> yeah, you asked for my autograph. Don't lie. I signed your, I signed your balls. <laughs> I did. I did. I signed your, I signed your balls. But I, uh, I asked everybody. Everybody was cool about it. And all Matt Good said was, well, is he, is he going to fucking party or is he going to be stupid? And I was like, he's, he's going to party. Trust me, he's going to party. He's like, all right. Matt Good was in party mode that door. Dude. Yeah. I drank a lot with Matt. My first memory of Matt Good is him walking out of the Norva with a snake wrapped around his neck. It was like the first <laughs> it was the first show of the tour and this dude walked out with a snake. I think they were in a van too. It's like who's who's touring in a van with a snake? With from first to last yeah. and us. Yeah. yeah. What, what was yeah. that tour? Uh, every, every time, time I die. die. That's every, right. Yeah, it was it was yeah. in the wake tour. Yeah. 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 And uh yeah, that was whenever uh, Sonny was like 17 years old. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was young. That, that was when first to la- from first to last, they were mad. They had to flip-flop with every time I die. Yeah. yeah. They kept arguing every day. Speaking of fun. speaking of bands that are still doing their thing, how about every time I die, just still at it? They just consistently kick ass. So they fucking rip, dude. Yeah, they they have their like thing that they do, and they're like fucking cottage industry of fans that love it, and they just keep doing it and doing it, and their fans just keep supporting them and it's they just they just have their little niche man they have their lane and they just do it well who's their drummer now it's a good question i don't know he's really good though it was that dude legs for a while but i don't know if he's still in the band i don't think it's him anymore yeah legs legs i don't know what his real name is but they (laughs) called him legs isn't andy like a wrestler yeah he does some kind of wrestling shit yeah beefy he should (laughs) he like really does like i don't know what the what the uh company's called but yeah he like he posts shit about it all the time it's awesome and he's like a pro level bowler oh yeah i remember well. when they had those warped those warped bowling tournaments they would like always win <laughs> that's funny he throws overhand though <laughs> <laughs> he does a pitcher stance and right. throws the bowling ball <laughs> stern let me ask you kind of a serious question hit me so like you've been you've been working this job uh, judging from your Instagram stories, it's pretty lucrative. You got an awesome spot. You got a family, <laughs> two kids. You know, you got like, dude, you're fucking killing it. And it's awesome. Ryan wants to move in. What would it take to make you stop doing that and play drums again? Is that something that's like, I couldn't do it. Just out of the question at this point in your life? Out of the question. Couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. 
you know, it just as I got older, it was just number one to try to try and leave my kids on like to go tour for like fucking weeks, months at a time would be like impossible. I don't know about you guys, but that's like to me, it sounds like torture. Um, but I don't know how how could I ever unless it was like playing drums for like fucking sting or like, <laughs> you know, what I mean, it has to be so it would the scenario would have to be like. Yo, Paul McCartney wants you to come play drums, or like Sting wants you to come play drums. Somebody of that stature, and it, and it'll be you'll get make this much money, and you'll, um, you know, and you can be you'll be uh, touring around in a bus, and it'll be for three years, and it'll be consistent. And then I'm like, all right, well, I can figure something else out to do in three years. Yeah. What about the Foo Fighters? Foo Fighters too. Same thing. I would. I would. Yeah. I would. Yes, I would do it then. The kids thing is. Is fucking real, dude. This is deep. This is this is heavy. This is heavy, guys. I haven't. You're, you're like shit. I finally got past this moment where I like was you know because for, for the longest time I was always like one foot in, one foot out. When I first started the job, I was always like, well, this is cool. Like, yeah, I'm like you know doing stuff, and it's nice to have like a steady paycheck. But like, but you never know. Like somebody could call, and then it's gonna you know, and I could just jump out, and I could always leave, and I could always go, and like and that's what I was always told myself. Yeah, and yeah. then you know, it was probably only like the last two years. I was like, ah, no, it's done. I mean, we're looking, we're looking for a drummer. <laughs> looking for a second drummer. Josh is out there looking for a new drummer. <laughs> no, I'm gonna start playing. I'm gonna start playing guitar again, dude. It's great. <laughs> and, uh... Sweet. No, Josh, he's not gonna play shit. Josh is gonna sit on the drum riser and drink White Russians while you play and just look at you. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a thumbs up. Hey, you're doing a great job. <laughs> hey, nice. <laughs> hey, hey! I always fuck that fill up. Good job. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Some of those are like heavy questions and shit, but I do think people are interested in that stuff. Yeah, you know, the shit with the kids is real, dude. Like that's my kids are my fucking reason for breathing, and it's it gets rough. Thankfully, you know, we've we've only done short runs over the last couple of years. You know, like I, I'll totally go spend a week or two in Japan, Australia, or whatever. That that's that's cool, but. We have we have yet to do like really long tours since my kids have been a little older, you know. Like when my when my daughter, I, I left on like month long, two month long tours and shit. When my kids were like two, one or two, like dude, it was fucking brutal, brutal, you know. Yeah, I'm, so you I guys feel have you done a that. great job though of just of creating though. Even you don't have to necessarily the, to- the touring is. is part of it mm-hmm. but like that's a, probably the thing i miss and i would love to jump into sooner than later is, is creating is to make a record is to you know get in the studio like mm-hmm. i fucking miss that shit i miss like uh, you know what i mean yeah. the process so i mean yes dude mm-hmm. uh josh and i were talking on, on the phone about that today we were just kind of you know <laughs> venting to each other about um, it's not just the record it's the album art and the photos and the videos and like all the content you make and like all the dude that shit is so fucking fun and i yeah it's cool that you know we live in a time where moving forward like to break a record we can spend as much time home as we should you know like we can do shit on the fucking on on hit people on their phones you know and we can make a bunch of rad shit and um, I'm, I'm we like, can hit him on the hip. I can't wait to do that stuff, dude. I have so much music. We have so many plans. We have so much stuff we want to do. And I'm just like, I'm at the point where I just, I have to fucking do it. You know, like I just, I have to, I need it for my own mental health. I gotta, mm. I gotta go, you know, but I, yeah, being in the studio, it, that's the ultimate thing about being in a band. I love playing shows. I love touring and traveling, but 
hearing a fucking song come to life in the studio, like that will never get old to me ever. Like ever. The shit that I thought was so monotonous was like getting tones in the studio. It's like, oh, it's fucking so monotonous. I miss oh, it. Fuck. I miss I miss that stuff, man. I do. I miss <laughs> Same. it. I don't miss that. F- I, I could quit music forever and never miss that shit. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> I hate it. No, I'm with you, Stern. Hey, you, Stern, you can come get tones on our next record. I love that. <laughs> Everything, even guitar and all that shit, like plugging in, making weird sounds with having the. Did you got who who did your? I mean, so I know Feldy did did your records. Did you have any other producers that you guys worked with? We we had one, Joe Barisi. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did like the latest Tool record. He did uh, Queens of Stone Age and shit. Like he was a ge- hey, he was- hey, hey, Stern. You drop you you drop that name on the ground. Once you go ahead and pick that up. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to give a, I'm trying to set the stage and set some context here. Wills, Scoops. <laughs> there it is. Will Scoops. So like I was saying, producer for Tool, King of the Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, no, he uh, he's a gearhead and would be able to like set a vibe. He like was very much like bringing out all these fucking weird pedals and shit and like just being around that stuff. Um, mm. You know that's that's it's miss the smell of a studio, the haunted feel of a studio. Yeah, that's what I miss. I miss mm. the dude who did our third and fourth albums, or most of the third album and the fourth album, Elvis Basquette. He did all those um, Chevelle records. He did. Escape the Fates first album he did. He was doing a bunch of shit for Epitaph at the time. He that's him fully, like old school analog gearhead. And his studio was an old ass house. So like you're talking about like the smell of like an old studio. It was his grandma's house, like in, in Virginia. So this old ass place. But he had he just had the sweetest vibe in there. And we did exactly what you're talking about, where on you know guitar effects day, like pulled out this giant box of pedals and just just fuck around with stuff. So dope. so dope. Yep, we would just we would just sit in the control room and just hop on eBay and order pedals like with the shit that we think was cool. We just start buying shit and show up to the studio, dude. Hey, getting tones for guitars and shit is way cooler than getting tones for drums. Sorry, it yeah. is. Yeah, well, you're not you're not getting a tone. You're just hitting it over and over, and then Doom. he's just turning out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Adam, you remember you remember like at the end of each each day, like sitting up in the control room and just like. He'd open those sliding glass windows. Like, the studio was on the fucking ocean, or the bay, you know? So, essentially on the ocean. Right on the beach. And we'd just sit up there in a studio at the end of each day and just listen to, like, the music we did. And it's like, everyone just drink beers and listen. Like, that is the fucking best. Like, even when I'm recording shit here at my house, like, when I'm done for the day, I'll just sit back, like, before I bounce it down, and I'll just, like, listen to it a couple times. And just that, that, I'm, like, addicted, hopelessly addicted to that fucking feeling of just like making something that didn't exist this i woke up this morning it didn't exist and now it does exist because it's just like fuck yeah that that shit is the best like the best so what are you guys doing now what is the latest am i allowed to ask you questions about the when we get new new music and stuff (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) this is our interview we're just stockpiling songs we're getting there we're getting yeah we're stockpiling songs we got buttloads of songs um we have new management um, you know our manager, Sean Akavan. Yeah. Manages Atreyu, yeah. the used, all those bands. Um, we've been talking to a really uh <laughs> a producer that people will really be happy with. And uh we got a bunch of awesome shit happening. Jay Z. <laughs> we got a bunch of awesome shit happening. We're just basically uh long story incredibly short. We're just kinda waiting for COVID to calm down a little bit because we you know, we have to be in LA for stuff and you know, yeah. Just kinda waiting for that to calm down. 
You guys are lucky because you you guys are like actually like fucking friends eh. and, awesome, <laughs> and awesome band. That, that I'm just saying that's like to me like that is like that's special because you you get to you know be in a band, but then you're also like bros. You're also having beers. You're also fucking doing making a podcast together. You must like each other to some extent. <laughs> yeah, dude, it, yep. it is weird. Every year that goes by, I realize how. More and more how rare that is and how special what we have is. Like, for sure. Yeah, we don't think about it because it's just normal to us, but that's not how most bands function. And uh, it's, that's odd, but yeah, no bands really hang out together. We don't hang out a lot, you know, but but we do this stuff. We we all get along very well, and that's weird. As you guys were talking about drugs, you guys had, had some issues in that band and it ceased to work. So, you know, it's like we wouldn't still be doing it if we didn't get along the way we do, you know? Yeah, and you guys could just do this forever. You can just be bros and keep making records and touring. You're going to have a fan base forever. It's- That's the plan, yeah. dude. Yep. On some level, there's no reason to ever stop. You know, keep fucking doing it. Yep. Stern, I, on, on that subject of of us being kind of an anomaly with not hating each other and keeping pretty much the same lineup from the beginning, we talked about it in the past, and I, I mentioned this, and tell me if this, like, resonates at all, being from near a big city. I talked about how, like, in L.A. especially, there are so many bands doing so much shit the scene is so big and you know, there's like Southern California to Northern California. There's basically no end, you know, the cities are all fucking lined up. So there's like no end to the number of people you can get together with and play music. So finding like a band member is just like, okay, here's the best guitar player. Here's the best drummer. Here's the best so-and-so. And and you kind of put those people together rather than no, these are just my best friends. And we're all just, the four of us are going to get better and we are going to be the band. So same kind of thing in like New York, New England kind of area. Um, as as LA? Rough, not exactly the same, right? Because I think he still had, like, a lot of the Long Island scene bands was was more made from people who were friends, um, but within a a certain scene. And, you know, and there was was some some semblance of uh, vibe between people as opposed to, like, what you're saying, LA. LA is straight up, like, you know... Best guitar player, best bass player, best drummer, and so easy to find. So many of them. It's like a fucking football draft. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But like you know, I think New York, like again, the smaller sort of suburb areas. You know, you don't have your necessarily your your pick of the litter, so to speak. Was Matchbook Romance all from like that? You, did you guys all grow up around each other? You got like, like young friends. When I don't, I don't really know your no, history with not young friends exactly. So in that sense, no, not young friends. It was more like from the same scene. Um, I was in a band. The other guys were a band called Fizzlewink. It was four of them, and then they were like the popular band in the area. And my band broke up. Um, we had played some shows together. Then my band had broken up. Mm-hmm. And I said, if you guys ever know of anybody that needs a drummer, let me know. And they hit me up, and they're like, "Hey, we might need a drummer." I'm like, "Great, let me join these join this band because you know they're they're fucking big and they play music that I like." Um, and then we ended up hitting off, and we had a real we actually had a real chemistry as Matchbook. We did something differently than most bands do, where we wrote our songs together, the four of us in a room. We wrote the music like together. Yeah. Someone came with like a riff uh, or like a guitar lick or I had a drum part, something. There was like a concept for something that we built around it just by jamming. Um, and then afterwards, Andy would add, lyric, uh, you know, vocals and melodies and all that, which I didn't know until years later that usually there's like a, 
fucking songwriter in the band that writes the song and kind of t- like leads the charge and kind of tells people what to do. Frankly, I probably learned it when we made our first record with, with Feldman. Um, because all that time we were just used to, all right, four of us get into a room, we work it out, we fight, we figure it out. But at the end of the day, if the four of us could combine and complete a song, a piece of music, instrument, you know, just instrumentally, um, we felt like it was fucking awesome. And that's how we sort of met and that's how we vibed musically. And I thought that mm-hmm. was what made us unique and made our music unique. Um, but that just didn't work over time because as we grew, we also, you know, egos grew, we grew apart. We couldn't also just get back into this, the, the room with each other again and complete music. Um, and we just, our problem at the end of the day was just, we never finished our fucking songs. We wrote so many demos over and over again, but we could never finish the song. And part of that was just because we didn't have that one person was the sort of leader and the songwriter was going to, going to actually, you know, finish all the lyrics and melodies, um, much in the way like, you know, someone like, like, uh, like Feldy does or, or whatever. I don't know if that's, if that is unique necessarily. Do you guys get together and jam or is it mostly? In the early days, we, we, we started like that. It was very similar, but, uh. It's been less like that, but you know now it's more the grind. will do a demo and then send it to me, and then I'll figure out the vocal stuff more. And then you know we, I don't know. It just depends. We can do whatever, but but yeah, we just aren't together as much. We're not kids that hang out in a garage all the time like we used to be. But it, it works both ways. But we can kind of adapt. We're good at just doing whatever you know in our band. But I it think. is interesting. I mean, we're we're pretty similar in age, so we came up on a similar kind of mentality. And I've talked about this a bunch. We're doing that kind of like get together in a room, you write the songs, you bring the songs to the studio kind of thing. Seems kind of like a blip in music history mm. where things worked that way. And it was for sure a thing in the 90s, like that garage grunge kind of thing. And the idea of just showing up with some loose ideas to a producer like Feldman and piecing it together there is kind of foreign. Did you guys have that vibe? Yeah, that was, that was I mean, that to me, it's all songwriters now. It's like you people go and they write songs together with with other people. You know, it's not just what one person can write songs, but like yeah, music is different because uh, you know because it is just a singular person writing and, and completing everything, or several different songwriters coming together versus it being like four, five different people who are each individually a master of a specific craft, drums or bass or guitar or whatever, um, and getting together in a room and letting that sort of that magic happened that was one of the things that's one of the things i really missed too was is getting into a room and like having that moment of fucking um moment of fucking the moment of fucking yeah the moment of fucking no where you catch where you catch that muse and you catch that moment like like for matchbook our biggest song was monsters Mm -hmm. that we spent fucking weeks in the studio trying to write songs and then we wrote monsters in 20 minutes it's always like that <laughs> and that was yeah. like by far our biggest song it's always for the best songs are always like that fuck yeah we figured that out too like the the songs that we would spend six months trying to figure out a chorus for they're always duds it's the ones that just like our last album wolves i obviously have a biased opinion because i'm in the band but now i've talked about this at length on lots of interviews and podcasts and everything but like it's fucking up there it's definitely our best record or our top two records. And I think it's mostly because shit wasn't forced. Like I gave Dan like fucking 30 songs. And then the ones that he was like, Oh, I got something for that wound up on the records. The ones that were like, Oh, I'm going to rack my brain for fucking six months. Oh, I'm going to blow. Those just, we just like, didn't even bother with those, you know? 
So I think there's like definitely something to that. The more you have to like just try to like fit a fucking square peg through a round hole and just force shit, like the dumber the art gets. Right. You know? Exactly. Hey, more importantly, Stern, who's your pick? Who do you got in the final championship of best worst former band name of all time? Fizzle Wink or Big Blue Monkey? I fucking love Big <laughs> Monkey. Um who wins in that one? That's like a dead even tie. Fizzle wink. You know we played a show. I played a show with you guys when you guys were Big Blue Monkey, right? Yeah, I think so. We talked about that before. Did you? Yes. Um, you because we because Feldy had hit us up to open up for Goldfinger. Um, because he was, was that big time in you then. <laughs> you were, dude. I told you I I didn't have fucking uh you know I I didn't have two rack toms. I only had one, and you you had two, and you were like, I can't deal with it. I can't talk to this kid. Don't talk to. Me. You don't tune your snare to drop D. Hey, I didn't tune shit to anything because I still don't know how to tune drums, okay? Idiot. Great. Oh, man. I tried tuning my drums the other day. I was, like, pathetic. I was sitting there going, like, and then it goes, and I'm like, and then I'm like, right, right. Did I do it too high? I'm like, then I'm like, ooh. You tune that one lug down where it goes, there you right. go. I'm gonna start over. I'm gonna start over. This is this is actually it's standard drum talk right now. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking. Hey, that's why you hire techs. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I always ended up hanging out with drummers on tour and just talking so much drum stuff. I mean, I was so into it. Yeah. I was the obnoxious guy. Like, hey, you want to go to get catering store? I'm like, no. I'm gonna head out back and and fucking shine my cymbals. <laughs> I'm gonna make these Dude. Z customs shine, baby. <laughs> Well, how many strands are on your snare drum, man? Are you using a 14 strand? Is that a uh, 14 strand? Do you like them loose? How high do you set your your tension level on your on your uh, kick pedal? Are you like really high? I miss that. That's a skill set. That's a skill set I have. I can talk so much drum shop. I never use in my day to day life now. But like, if anyone's ever like, I have you can't see it behind me, but I got my my SJC kit. But if, I ever, if anyone ever asks me about it on a Zoom call. They're like, what kind of kit is that? I'm like, oh, it's a SJC Birkin Bingo. Oh, funny you ask. Uh... 12, 13, 14, 26. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you know. <laughs> Give them the whole rundown. Yeah. Dude, you're you're pretty like classically trained drummer though, right? All, all the, the fundamentals and shit. You came up. I mean, you know your shit. I remember. You can play Mozart on the drums. I, I know some <laughs> of my shit. No, I wasn't that. that uh, I wish I knew more. I wish I was more into it. I just I was very good at playing by ear and playing by feel. That was always my thing. Like, I took like concert band and went ensemble and shit growing up, and like I couldn't sight. I you know I couldn't sight read. Everyone else could sight read better than me. But hey, but you know how to do a paradiddle. But I, I do know how to do a paradiddle. <laughs> do you know how to do a paradiddle, Scoops? No, no, I don't. Come on, yes, you do. I, I know how, but like it doesn't sound. You can't cool. rip one. <laughs> you know how it goes, but no, you can't I rip. Can't, it. I can't rip <laughs> in it the middle of a song. Hey, no. Stern, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. Secret time. Hit me. I can't even really do a double stroke roll. Dang. Oh, my God. It's hard. You got to work on it. No, Ryan, seriously, like a double stroke roll is like the basic thing other than a four on the well, floor beat. You know, Will, I have to say that as a rock drummer, like we're just kind of inherently like taught how to play drums in a lot of ways the wrong way. So like we end up probably like, yeah. you know, just smashing, which is great, but it's limiting as far as technique goes. 
I think that yeah, I had zero uh, technique in like that the basics. I don't know the basics. Look, Dave Grohl never did a fucking paradiddle in a Nirvana song. Okay, you, I you bet don't. Dave Grohl knows how to do a paradiddle. Though, I'm sure he's he fucking does. Dave Grohl, but he didn't have to. <laughs> no, he didn't. Nah, you just hit that single stroke real hard, and it's he's good. That's all you gotta do. Yeah, Stern. I remember one night we were fucking hammered at your mom's house, and I was saying something about man, I I've always wanted to learn how to play drums for real, and I could, and you're like. Let me show you here, Skull. You like got out your sticks. We were like blackout <laughs> drunk. And you're like, you go, now loosen up there a little bit. And you got into full drum teacher mode with me. Like, that was good. You know, try to loosen up with it, you know, for like an hour, dude. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> uh, he, I, I asked him about some, some shit on uh, one of those, whatever tours we did. And uh, he got full drum teacher on me. And the shit that he was showing me for like warm ups, I was like, I can't do that. So I just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look at the time. Uh, I got to go to the bathroom. Uh, uh, I'm not going to do that because I can't. <laughs> yeah, pr- probably probably not going to do that because I don't know how. Uh, oh, yeah. That's good. That's okay. You, you've done you've done fine without it. You'll be, you you did all right, Josh Wills. You're pretty good. Whatever, dude. I guess. Yeah, we we'll we'll never have a a different drummer. You, you're good. Yeah, because I'll fucking kill him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real, no uh, no bullshit. You guys sounded unbelievable on on that live stream. Looked incredible and sounded fucking unbelievable. Thank you, oh, dude, thanks, thank man. You. Thank you. Thanks. We we that's like the most we've ever rehearsed for anything. Cuz you know it's just like you know you don't ha- you can't hide behind like a live show and a bunch of people like just run around a mosh pit and shit. Like people are just going to be sitting there watching a screen. So it's like god, we have to be like good, you know? Totally. And like 50% of those songs we'd never played live before. So cuz you know we had to learn whole <laughs> oh, records shit. and we were like, you know, like a couple a bunch of the songs on the Black Swan and stuff we just never ended up playing cuz we had yeah. three records at that point. So yeah, it was crazy. We had to really learn some shit. Did it feel like a real show? Like when you were getting out there, like I felt like I, I got excited about, about like, I was like, oh my God, it feels like the show is happening. But I wonder if to you guys, you're like walking out to cameras or like, you know, maybe a couple of people just kind of sitting there. Did it have the same feeling? One minute in, I was like, this is fucking dope. Yeah. This is awesome. Like it took literally like before the first song was even over. I was like, this is a real show. Well, cause I, I think what happens sometimes is I eat for, for me personally, as much as I love the crowd, I don't pay attention to the crowd when I'm playing. So like when we were playing, I was like, this is kind of like what happens when we normally play. I just watch everybody else, what they're doing. And it's, it wasn't weird to me. And make that pissed off face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're focusing on the song, you know, but yeah, yeah. And you're performing still, even though it's cameras, but like the way our lights were set up, it was like kind of dark. We couldn't really see anyway. We just saw lights. So it felt like yeah, you're just playing like a small show. But, yeah, you know. and then we just turned in between songs into this podcast. So, <laughs> yeah, that's the only part that was different. You know, there's no crowd to cheer. And then, so we'd just go quiet and we'd just start talking shit to each other. And it was fun. But, dude, it, it was, I think we were well equipped to deal with that because we were never the kind of band that couldn't handle an awkward, empty room. We always saw it as a challenge. You know, we would go really fuck with those like six people that were there whether it was like our showcase, you know, for Maverick was 10 a.m. and awkward as shit. And we, short of like humping their fucking faces, we just like fully went for it. Or we'd open like a a radio show at 5 p.m. and for a bunch of butt rock bands and we're the, you know, the odd band out and there's nothing but like middle-aged white chicks with 32-ounce beers. We would go out there and just fucking rip and we never cared if anyone was in the crowd or not in terms of like, like a stage fright thing. So. Being in the room with six dudes behind cameras, we just ripped. We didn't fucking care. And it had been so long that we were just so pumped. 
It looked like yep. it. It just felt. It just felt. It felt like a show. It felt like a real show. Yep. When's the last time you played a show? What year? <sighs> played. At, Did those Matchbook reunion shows right? No, the last actually the last shows I played was with Goldfinger. Oh I yeah, yeah. To, uh, San Diego. It was like probably three or four years ago. Um, those were and those were those were sad shows. I'll be candid about it. Those were sad shows for me because like playing some of those Goldfinger songs or like especially the new ones that Travis Barker played drums on. It was fucking hard, like the super fast punk beat, like crazy ass fills. And like I got out there, I was supposed to have two days of rehearsal with Feldy just by my, just me and him just, you know, getting into it. Um, but my, uh, my flight got delayed like a day, like 24, 24 hours. I was like stuck and I ended up like somewhere in like the middle of the country, like, and you know, there were no more flights out or anything. Oh, and dude. then I just had to fly straight in and just hop on stage and play without any rehearsing. And I had played with Goldfinger before that. And I, so I knew a bunch of this, I knew the standard shit, but like all the new songs that again, fucking Barker would, had played on were like, and we were doing like four of them, like four brand new songs, these, this super fast, crazy blasting punk beat. <laughs> and you know, and the gnarly fills and just, I couldn't keep up with it. And like, I don't know about you guys, but there's nothing worse than when I fucking suck during a show. And like that was, <laughs> unfortunately, those were my 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 last three shows were at, at Warped Tour, feeling like I sucked at drums and sucked at life. You know, <laughs> it usually takes like it takes you guys know it takes it takes like two weeks on a tour to feel yeah, good about yeah, it. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, those were my last shows. Damn, dude, that's crazy. I think you're our third drummer that we've had on the podcast that has filled in for Goldfinger. Because we had Brandon Steinekert from Rancid used to be in the years. Third in a row. And then Brandon from Atreyu had also flown out and done some shows with Goldfinger. That's fucking weird. Dude, the fact that you just said that that Feldy even offered to do rehearsal with you is surprising. (laughs) Like everyone else has been like, yeah, just go ahead and show up. Uh, We're playing these songs. Cool. You got it, right? Cool. And you fucking go on stage. And that sounds terrifying to me. It was. It was. (laughs) Um, Man, I would love to play though again. And I would love to make a record. That's what I'm really dying to do. All this, all this time of, yeah. of putting out other people's music and promoting it and stuff. Like, I just would love to have, uh, you know, again, I just want the process. I want to have, a, you know, a handful of songs, go into the studio, mm-hmm. get those fucking drum tones, take as much time as I want, Josh Wills, and getting those goddamn drum tones. <laughs> and um, <laughs> now nah, somebody else gets those drum tones. You can come get Josh's drum tones for the next record for us. Yeah, you can, you can fly in and get all the drum tones you want. Dude, me and Josh uh, trying to tune his fucking drum set would be a nightmare. I'd be like, he <laughs> nipped down the snare drum like, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> just, wait, you think, hold on, pull up a YouTube video. Hold on, real quick. No, just try again. Uh, Listen with your other ear. Oh, no. Hey, you, you do the bottom while I do the top. It's totally cool. Yeah. Same time. We'll get it. <laughs> hey, going back to terrible moments on stage, I, I first want to say that you and I have like, you know what I'm about to tell the story, but uh, you and I like, I don't know if we've ever fought or ever like raised our voices at each other about each other. Like there was some fucking crazy times in drugs where we were, you know, everybody was yelling about some shit. But the only time I've ever seen you look at me and be like so mad that you couldn't even look me in the eyes. Do you remember what I'm talking about in it's New York? Uh, I see. I, I was going to. Yeah, it's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, you were late to the show and it was like my hometown <laughs> show. We were, you were, it was like 10 minutes into our set time and I was mad at you because that. All my people were there. Yeah. We were direct support, so we had like a limited set. Fuck, dude. Okay, Why were you so- late? How, how are you late to a show? Ryan, how were you late to a show once? I was in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I had to shit. <laughs> Smokey was taking a shit. <laughs> you took a subway the wrong way, didn't you? Well, I went, dude, 
Was it at Irving Plaza or Gramercy? No, it it was or, uh, Hammerstein. Hammerstein. Wait, so a- Adam was late? No, dude, I wasn't just I wasn't just late. I was late to the building. So Deutschman was in town, and we just went to eat food, or we were hanging out. I knew you and, went to go get food. I knew it, and that's why you were late. But we were just hanging out, and I was like fully on time, and I was like, okay, well, we got to go. Let's go, and got on the train, got there. Granted, only had like 15, 20 minutes to go before the set, but I was like, you know, fuck it, it'll be fine. I'll just warm up real quick, and I'll go on stage. Walked up to the venue, looked at the marquee. I didn't see any buses around. I was like... This is fucking weird. Did they move all the buses? What the fuck? Where am I? I got to get my clothes. Looked up. Our name was not on the marquee. Looked at the address. Looked at the day sheet. I was at the fucking wrong venue. Oh. I went to Gramercy. Wow. I was supposed to go to Hammerstein. So I freaked the fuck out. We got a cab. And of course it was, you know, it's Manhattan. So there was a fuck ton of traffic and it was just counting down and counting down. And finally, like it was about to be showtime. We were like minutes away from showtime and I was texting you guys and we were just dead stop traffic in the cab. And I was like, fuck, I have to, I just have to get out. I was watching people like rollerblade by <laughs> as I was, you know, just walking faster than the car. So I got out and I just ran full speed the rest of the way. The last like three blocks went straight on stage. Our one tech was just like waiting. had my base there. I came in stern. Wouldn't even look in my direction. <laughs> I was like mortified. I felt like the biggest piece of shit on earth. Like, Oh, I would have been so mad. The fact that you were that, that you specifically were that mad at me. I was like, Oh, I really fucking blew it this time. This is like, like I would expect anybody else to be that pissed, but Oh dude, it was my hometown. So much anger. It took like half the set for you <laughs> to even look at me. We probably just would have went on. We just would have went on and been like, I just been like, yeah, we're going to have bass for a little bit. I don't know where the fuck Adam is. <laughs> we would have definitely done that yeah. for sure. Oh, it would have been so, we, so mad. And then Josh would have definitely uh, wanted to kill him. We cut a song, two songs. What happened? We had to cut time. Like there was no, you know, it was a strict schedule. We weren't headlining. Oh no. Yeah. We, we were left with like, we only played like four songs or something like that. Of like 10. Fuck, oh, dude. Like, I'm still sorry. <laughs> I'm Thanks still for coming sorry. out. My whole family. Here's four songs. You, you, know what, you know what, Skull? We'll say it right here, right now. I forgive you for being late. Thank you. Um, do you Thank remember, you. Skull, you remember our, our tour manager from that tour, Jake? Vaguely, yeah. He's like the, the ex Army Ranger guy. He would always be like, we'd just be, we'd be like hanging out. And he would oh, be like, yes. we'd be like, tell us a story, Jake. He's like, well, I was parachuting into Vietnam. <laughs> and pulled, I was only carrying. I was only carrying my sidearm. I shot four guys. You remember oh this dude? Holy yeah. shit! Yeah. Was like an old dude? No, he was like no, no. He was like his probably like his thirties or forties, but he was a mercenary. And he and this other guy who was a mercenary started a, a tour management company because they're like, well, fuck it. If we're not gonna go kill terrorists, <laughs> let's you know, let's tour manage some bands. And that was like their thing. <laughs> so I'm sure that guy was real mad well, at Adam for being late too. Dude. I completely forgot about that dude. Hey, man, I got a COVID test today, so that was cool. Tight. <laughs> did you get it up your butt? No, I didn't. Did they do it in the in the butt? Yeah, man. For, I thought that was just a joke. I didn't know that was a no, thing. No, it's real. It's real. Did <laughs> <laughs> it real? I made that up. I thought I made it up. No, no, no. It's real. Like, evidently, you didn't make it up. It's real. I swabbed the no, urethra it's the weirdest, on Josh. It's the weirdest feeling in the world. So you don't have it, I guess. I don't know yet. Oh, it's not it's not an instant one. Twenty four to thirty six hours I'll know. Mm. Tight. And they'll only they'll only call me if it's positive. <laughs> cool. All right. So otherwise you're just like, well, I haven't heard. I mean I'm getting surgery on Friday, so I hope they tell me before then. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you're getting yeah, you got the thing. Dick reduction. Yeah, the thing. 
the nose thing. Josh is getting a nose job. He's trying to get I'm, into modeling. I'm, no, I'm, I'm having them give, make my nose exactly like Ryan's. He's <laughs> getting an implant. A direct cast. I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting liposuction and they're putting it in my nose. Uh, we were talking about this on the phone earlier today, but the first time Josh had this surgery, oh dude, his nose was so... He, he had the surgery and the next day he had to drive to my house to do something. I don't remember why you had to. I didn't have to do anything. We were just assholes back then. And I had just gotten surgery and I had to sign something. But instead of somebody driving whatever it was to me, yeah. I had to drive out to Ryan's house to sign it. So it was the day after his surgery and his nose was like gigantic. He looked like someone like photoshopped him, but it was like in real life. Like his, <laughs> he, he was just like a huge Photoshop version of this huge swollen nose. And this poor dude walks in my house and I'm fucking on the floor crying. I'm laughing at this dude so hard, fucking about to piss in my pants, pouring tears out of my face because it's so fucking funny. And this dude didn't even crack a smile, didn't say a word. He just, he was so in so much pain and so fucking just out of it. He just nothing, not even, not even a little peep, not even a little smile, dude. I couldn't. No, man, I was miserable. <laughs> Oh, so looking like Will Smith in Hitch when he needs to get fucking antihistamine. It's yeah. exactly what it looked like. Dude. Yeah, yeah. My fucking nose was so swollen, dude. It was so bad. So you're getting the uh, same thing again? It's the same shit? Well, I'm getting that and then like two other procedures. Can you go over to Ryan's house tomorrow or uh, Saturday? Yeah, no, I, told, I told Ryan he's got to come to me this time. If I'm going to come shoot portraits of him. I can't wait. <laughs> shit, shit, you Please oh, do. Yeah, dude. For Put real. that on Patreon dude. for the for the for the patrons. Hey, I, it, Ryan, if you come over and do that, I will seriously, I will fucking muscle through it and do like for real, like portrait setups. <laughs> Let's do it with my nose the way it is. Awesome. Dude, please do it. Please do, do it. it. <laughs> you know we we will laugh about that for fucking twenty years. Uh, I, I will do it. Like if I'll, I'll put on like a sweater or whatever, dude. I will fucking do it. It'll be great. A cardigan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, find, you find me an IOU sweatshirt, I'll put it on. Uh, let's do uh, it. Yeah. We're doing it, dude. Uh, do it. Well, wait, 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 wait. I, fuck, I'm shooting a band on Saturday. Uh, come Sunday. It'll still be fucking swollen. I want to come the day, like the day when it's like most swollen. I'll just come after I shoot that band. I'll have all my yeah, gear just, with Just me. go by, yeah. Do a full lighting setup, dude. Don't fuck around. Yeah. Do the full setup. Yeah, I'll have all my shit with me. Dude, you got to light them all dramatically and fucking <laughs> all, you know, yeah. like cinematic looking with gauze sticking out and shit. Aren't you glad you're here to hear all this, Stern? Yeah, before, Stern, before we wrap, before <laughs> we wrap I, I, I am curious about one thing. With your new gig, is there somebody that you've worked with like, what's the most gratifying band you worked with? Like, something you're like, dude, my job is fucking dope. Like, is there any, like, a standout, a career standout? And don't you dare say a bad thing about Foo Fighters. No, I'm I, I'm thrilled to be working with Foo Fighters. They got that new record coming Friday. Oh, that's it's Friday? That's coming out Friday? Tight, Friday. tight. So the answer is Shaggy. You're going to say Shaggy. I worked with Shaggy. Did I already mention I, I worked with Shaggy? I did do some some shit with Shaggy. Um, it wasn't me. I mean, I've, I, you know, again, I worked with all these all these great names. It wasn't until recent when I started actually being like creating campaigns and, and, and doing things with these artists that made a meaningful difference, you know, as far as creating a, a large amount of conversation online or, or, you know, creating a large amount of streams that I felt like really proud of a lot of the stuff that I was doing. Um, you know, some of the stuff we just did with Miley was like really impressive, 
really created a, a lot of noise. Um, it's I'm like I'm like super geeky about all the digital stuff we do now and learning all the different platforms and understanding what makes a difference and trying to figure out fucking TikTok and trying to figure out you know what's the best way to to you know get an artist message out or to engage a fan base and you know it's it's interesting it's like what we used to do back in the day um, you know being in bands whether going back to like flyering local shows and shit too. Um, mm -hmm. you know, but now just doing it on a really fucking large scale with, and having a bunch of money to, to do it with and, and having, uh, you know, having no limit to any sort of idea. So it's fun. I don't know if that really answers the question, but there's, there's a lot there. Yeah. That's cool, dude. That's all the stuff that like I should be more interested in, but like, I'm just not good at it. Like I'm not good at it. I'll post my stuff. No, I mean, I don't like, there's lots of you know, way more than me, but there's lots of games you can play. There's lots of shit that you can do. There's what, like excite bike punch out. What kind of games? Mm -hmm. Well, like there's things you can do to get more followers and this and that, but like, there's just a way to play the game, you know? And like, I don't do any of that shit. And there are times where I'm like, what are you doing? This is like your fucking jobs, your livelihood. Like you need to take this shit serious, but I just have a hard time caring about all that stuff. Cause my goal is just to be off my phone as much as humanly possible. But I am intrigued to like, at some point, just buckle down and like actually learn how to fucking play the game. You know, it's hard learn how to suck that algorithm's dick. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. But it's also hard to do when it's just for yourself. I think you guys are kind of like me in that sense too. When you have to like do this stuff and it's for your own self promotion, you can almost kind of feels weird and dirty. When you're doing it for other people, it's like it's more it's more fun. And when it's your job, it's obviously fun too. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you yeah. don't feel yeah. as much of a doucher if you're not talking about how cool you are all the time right exactly exactly you get to yeah <laughs> exactly it's like look how cool i fucking am do you guys fuck with tiktok no we have no, my yet. kids do or my son does i don't do uh, anything besides instagram you should you should you should fuck with it especially especially you Ryan. i think you could could get crazy with it we'll have a we'll have a sidebar yeah i don't even know where to start <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> okay hey i have some ideas for tiktok and i want to pick your brain a little bit stern since you let's talk about it you understand the shit Obviously. I only know about TikTok because of comedians I watch. Yeah, it can be anything. It's just a short, fun video that plays over and over. Tom Segura's wife, uh, Christina Pajitsky, her fucking, all her stories are all TikToks of other people. And it's the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. It's amazing. Some of the funniest shit I see is people sending me TikToks. Yeah, same. But. Dude, there's fucking nutso people out there doing fucking weird-ass TikToks, dude. It's so bizarre. <laughs> Back in my day, they called it Vine. It's basically Vine. It is basically Vine. <laughs> Stern, can yeah. you think of, before we shit. wrap up, can you think of any other fucking just funny or weird stories we could tell? There, like, so much crazy shit happened when we were in that band together. I wish uh, I wish Matt or, or Nick were here and we could we could definitely riff. Should just do a side podcast. Dude, I I've, I've got some fucking some stories. I mean, we both have some stories obviously about Matt Good cuz like you said earlier, he was fucking on one for a while in that band. He slept through he also slept through uh like the beginning of one of our sets once on Warp Tour. Do you remember this? We couldn't find him. Yes. Where the fuck was he sleeping? It was yeah. in Virginia Beach. I'll never forget that Virginia Beach. I know that venue so well. We were we we're headlining that that amphitheater, Virginia Beach, and we were running around we're like, where the fuck is Matt Good? We thought maybe for sure he was like dead in, in the parking lot somewhere. Yeah. And he was just sleeping in his bunk. Yeah. And we pulled him out. He was wasted because he was drinking all day long. And uh, and he was all. Why didn't you guys wake me up? What the fuck? <laughs> like, dude, what, we were searching the whole, like, we were thought you were literally 
overdosed Jimi Hendrix style in a fucking creek somewhere and you've been in your bunk. You didn't think to look in the fucking bunk first? <laughs> no, because he was out all day. He was out all day drinking and shit and we thought he just like disappeared, yeah. you know, but he, I guess he just like said goodnight at noon or whatever. <laughs> went in his bunk. Yeah. Wow. The, the one, the, the day that I flew home from the tour with you guys when I went out, uh, it was like 9am and we were all just in the front lounge and he was hammered already. And he was just like, it was a day off or some shit. And then I was like, dude, what the fuck? It's so early. I was like, how the fuck are you drunk right now? He's like, I fucking I was just like, whoa. Damn. Did he just not go to bed? He doesn't yeah, do that he anymore. Was- he doesn't do the 9 a.m. He, I I, he might have still been up. I don't remember. But he was he was partying hard that year. Yeah. That year. We were all kind of like, we were partying hard, but we were also kind of medicating. And there were some days where he'd wake up and just start drinking. Yeah. Literally, like, at breakfast. That's but, horrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. One of them was maybe this was still drunk from the night before. Remember we we went to Cracker Barrel for Thanksgiving or whatever and he was still like blackout drunk. We basically ate fucking breakfast there or something, right? For Thanksgiving. It was early. Thanks- Josh likes to go to Cracker Barrel, but I just have a picture of him. I got my arm around him and and his his face looks melted. He's like barely <laughs> conscious and it's like 9 a.m. <laughs> Cracker Barrel. It's great. I made a meme out of it. I remember the time we were we pulled into some. Uh, he was wasted, just sleeping on the floor of the bus in the middle of the floor. We were stopping somewhere, <laughs> and he woke up, and he's like, "We're like, we woke him up. We're like, Matt, we're at a stop. You want to go buy stuff?" And he goes to like pull money out of his pocket. And he's got no money. He's like, "I got no fucking money. I need socks." <laughs> and he started crying because he couldn't afford socks. And I was like, "Dude, I'll buy you socks, man." <laughs> it's all right. I'll get you some socks. I need socks. He's like, but I can't buy it myself. Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah. It's like, dude, you just don't have money in your pocket. It's okay. That's all. It's just not in your pocket, Matt. It's okay, bud. Come on, buddy. Let's go to bed, bud. I want to get Matt good drunk. I want to get that good drunk. That Matt good drunk. Do it right now. God, he raged, dude. I don't think he drinks anymore. No, he. we saw him a couple years ago, or like last year, came out to a show in Arizona uh, that we played, and he's doing great. He's awesome. Yes. Yep, yep. Crushing as a producer. Yep. Killing it. Fuck Good yeah. shit. So grown up. So grown Nick up. Nick Martin doesn't drink at all anymore. He's been sober for like a couple years or something. So fit. Really? He looks so good. Yeah, he's looking good. And that's cool. Hella grown. That's cool. Yeah. I haven't drank I haven't drank in like ten seconds. <laughs> good drive. <laughs> Do you drink a lot, Stern? I don't. I haven't I haven't drank since like October, frankly. Pussy. <laughs> Pussy. But taking it easy. I'll be back though. I haven't drank much since the quarantine, like really when it when it got long and it realized i realized you know this is just how the world's gonna be drinking at home just lost its appeal honestly unless we were doing this podcast i just stopped like i don't have any desire to be drunk by myself in my basement yeah i don't do that i did not know how to have a good time you know (laughs) (laughs) josh has been drunk since october josh gets podcast stage fright he has to get drunk to express himself but hey i'm better when i'm hammered What did, you, what did you drink tonight, Josh? Just so That's spoken all. like a true alcoholic. I do everything better when I'm drunk. Uh, it's good. I drank a Four Hands uh, pint of Absence of Light chocolate peanut butter stout. Shout out Four Hands. Thought you were about to say Four Loco. No, I drank a <laughs> Log Boat Go-Go Radio stout. <laughs> That's not a real name uh, of a beer. <laughs> yeah. I drank a Log Boat Shiphead, which is an American wheat beer. <laughs> Josh is fancy as fuck. And really I'm mixing it up. I'm also on another go-go radio. <laughs> Josh has that make-your-own six-pack from the fucking uh, from the craft uh, beer spot. Hey, Logboat's from Columbia, Missouri. All right. Yeah, yeah, I've been to that brewery before. 
Oh, really? Yeah, it's a good spot. A brewery. Brewery. I, I can't fucking say that word. It's got aliens on it. Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> it does. It's got, it's got aliens. Aliens. All right, let's wrap, motherfuckers. I love you guys. Stan, you look tired. We're going to wrap it up for you. It's late. Yeah, it's later there, isn't it? So, yeah, you're at, yeah, it's it's 10 p.m. there. It's only 9 here. It's sad these days. Yep. Man, that's how time zones work. It's that, cool. that, do you guys know how time zones work? It's cool. We're doing the next episode on time zones. We're going to do a feature. You're an awesome person. You're beautiful. Successful. You got a sweet dick. <laughs> I, I think. I don't know. I've never seen it. But you know, you're going to be our drummer pretty soon because Josh is trying to find somebody. So you're going to have to quit that job and you're going to have to be in our bin. Josh is hammered. Because <laughs> <laughs> Josh is hammered. <laughs> I, I think the last three weeks we've tried to get the, the person in on the podcast to be our drummer. And you just, but you've been trying to quit for weeks now. I know. He doesn't want to get off that fucking recliner. Look at him. He still shows up. <laughs> he shows up every time. Thank you guys for popping my uh, my podcast, Cherry. Ooh, yeah, nice. Man. This is your first Ooh! podcast ever? It's my first podcast ever, man. Nice. We deflowered you. Yeah. Right in front of all these people. Yep. <laughs> all 100% men in their 40s. <laughs> all right, Stern. Yeah. Um. Hopefully someday we'll we'll go back on tour and we'll come up your way and see you again soon. I would love that. I can't wait. You know, I'll okay. be there. Yep, yep. All right, Stern, tell our 88% male audience where they can find you on social media. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, at Stern Aaron. Nice. I like what you did there. You nice. flipped that's, that's it. it. That's the ones that matter, yeah. Stern Aaron, yep. Daniel Dean, tell them about you. Yeah, I'm at Dan, at my name, at my name, everywhere. Not everywhere. I don't do hardly anything. I don't even do as many as him. I don't do the TikToks yet. Guys, gotta jump in. Gotta jump in on the TikTok, guys. I'm getting there. You'll like it. It's not just for twelve-year-olds. Telling you. Hey, trust me. It's for fucking weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see them shits. Eight-year-olds, dude. <laughs> them shits. <laughs> All right, Josh, it's your turn. Josh, <laughs> one of these weeks, you're gonna know that it's your turn next. Hey, Josh underscore Will's twenty-nine on on the things. I am Ryan Phillips on the thing on the Gramps. My shit is all at Adam the Skull. The band is, of course, at Story of the Year. And patreon.com slash Story of the Year is where you can go if you want to support this podcast or everything with the band. New music. Show stuff when that happens. AMA live streams. Just live stream hangouts like we did um, recently. Sex toys. Dildos. Dog food. Good shit, Maroki. Dartboards. I got dartboards. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> Josh. Nice. Um, thanks, Aaron Stern. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Stern, again, thank you so much. And uh, until next time, Josh, tell them what to do. Hey, you can always just fucking suck one. <laughs> we go up. <laughs> I'm getting I'm I'm getting liposuction in there. I'm I'm getting liposuction. I'm I'm getting I'm I'm getting liposuction and they're putting it in my nose.